A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Everything leading up to WrestleMania 20 outside the obvious was focused on one Brock Lesnar. Because our new Golden Goose had decided, I don't really like wrestling, or I like the stuff in the ring, but I don't like traveling, so I'm just going to take my hat, tip it, and say goodbye, and then instantly everybody in WWE started to panic. This makes all the sense in the world, because all of a sudden we have to change all of our plans, so Vince McMahon decided, well, we're going to have a lottery on Raw, and we're going to have a lottery on SmackDown, and it doesn't matter if you're a wrestler, or you're a referee, or whatever you are, we're going to just shuffle the deck, because what better way to engage your fans than just by hitting the reset, that button and go, well, you're going to have to figure it out. It was a mad time too because a bunch of wrestlers were struggling. Like Kurt Angle, he was seriously injured. Ric Flair, he was on the hurt shelf as well. And the big show needed surgery, but none of these people felt like they could go away and rehab all their pain because again, Brockus Lesnar had left. So we had to have all hands on deck. It was a crazy, crazy time. You want to know what stands out the most, though? How much it apes what's going on today. Because around about WrestleMania 20, a lot of fans were like, well, you know, I am very interested in the current crop of stars. But what's really making me happy is the likes of Brock Lesnar and the fact that The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin are returning. Oh, this makes me feel all warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum because somebody just turned on my nostalgic hand. The problem, of course, was after WrestleMania 20, Goldberg, done. Stone Cold, done. The Rock, done. Mick Foley, who was also on this show, around about four weeks after this was done which left a bunch of people going well where did all the nice ones go now i'm stuck with these smokes i mean it wasn't that bad but some people had it in their brain so by plan or by not plan the spotlight was on the stars of yesteryear and while we were doing stuff with eddie guerrero and chris benoit which led us all to go well it's gonna be fine we're balancing stuff out as we know today in 2021, that wasn't really the case. Speaking of that main event too, between Chris Benoit, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, did you know at one point it was down to be a ladder match? Well, now you do. But then they said, okay, what we'll do is we'll do the ladder match a month later and we'll do Triple H versus Benoit in that stipulation contest. And then we got to there and we changed our minds again. So WWE has always been wild, y'all, with plans changing all the times. And also do not forget, WrestleMania 20 is one of those last WrestleManias that was held in an arena. So there's only 20,000 fans here. Now we get like 80,000, but look, it is Madison Square Garden, which for my money is the best arena in the world. So let's take the finger of power and up those downs for WrestleMania 20. The opening video to WrestleMania 20 will hype you up so much 
you will want to run through walls. It makes you think that without WrestleMania and without WWE and without Vince McMahon, we would all be dead. He saved us in 1985, so now we should give all our earthly possessions to him. But it does have a dumb tagline where it all begins again. And you see Shane McMahon with his children, so Vince McMahon's grandchildren. And given this was WrestleMania 20, which was a long ass time ago, surely if they wanted to be wrestlers right now, they could be. So once again, the whole thing was a barrel of lies. You get that cool shot of Madison Square Garden. This is when WWE had kind of shot it differently, so you didn't have the short entrance way, which did make me very sad. And then when we get to our first match, which is for the United States title between the Big Show and John Cena, well, I'll level with you. It's kind of good, but it's kind of not good. It is quite topical, though, because obviously right now, Big Match John is back on our TV screens, and he has ascended to that level that people just cheer him and cheer him and cheer him. But all the way back here at WrestleMania 20, people were still in love with him, because this is before he had become Superman and would win every single damn match. He's also the Doctor of Thugonomics in 2004, so he had to do a rap. And never forget that most of his raps were just about penises and testicles. That was his shtick. WWE by this point had realized that Cena was going to be the guy though, hence why they put him in the ring with the Big Show, because it meant he could give him an FU, now known as the Attitude Adjustment, and of course it meant he could win the US Gold, and this is why it does get it up, because you knew what you had to do, and you went out there and you did it, plus you gave it the noise of, oh my god, the first match of WrestleMania. This is smart, smart stuff. It is absolutely filled with shenanigans, though, because after hitting one FU, Cena goes, well, that didn't work because he kicked out two. I'm going to get my chain, and I'm going to, I don't know, strangle the big show until he's dead. And the referee, Jimmy Corderas, is like, no, you're not allowed to do that. Come on now. Nobody wants to go to jail. But when he does throw out the chain, instead, Cena gets his brass knucks. He punches the big show, gives him another FU. So he's like, oh, how did he do two? And then he does pin him. So I have the question, why were we trying to protect the big show here? I think John Cena probably could have just won. Still, it was going to be an upward curve to this point until everybody started to hate him. Ah, uh, wrestling. We then zoom to the back with Eric Bischoff, who was instructing Coach, who was basically his lackey, to go and find The Undertaker, because of course he was about to return as the dead man at WrestleMania 20. Now, I don't know this for sure, but surely it has to be a parody of everything Leslie Nielsen did back in 1994. And if that is correct, this makes me very happy because Leslie Nielsen, if you don't know, is a damn comedy legend. We also get a promo from Evolution 2, and my word, does Randy Orton look like he just popped out of his mother's whimwhem. And not just that, but his promos too. He's a bit like a deer in the headlights here. And if you had told anybody, in a few months we're gonna make him the world champion, they would have gone, don't do that, it's far too soon. But we all know the deal with that. And I'm sure one day we will speak on it. What a blast from the past we have too, because it's Rob Van Dam and Booker T defending their Raw tag team titles when the hell were they ever a team, against the Dudley Boys, against Mark Dindrek and Lance Cade, and also against Rene Dupree and Rob Conway. This feels like we just got a hat and we pulled a bunch of names out and went, oh, look, bada bing, bada boom, we got a tag team WrestleMania match. And we all know what Booker T and Rob Van Dam went on to do, but did you know that Mark Dindrek at one point was earmarked for Evolution? He'd even shot some vignettes with the group until he was replaced by Batista. And Lance Cade passed away way too soon. That was some proper tragic stuff. And the Dudleys are just the Dudleys. And I swear Renny Dupree is only like 18 years old here, so that will blow your mind. And as for Rob Conway, well, just look at him. 
If you know, you know. And it's all fine, I suppose, but you'll be shocked to hear the fans just don't care because there'd been no build to this whatsoever. Also, WWE had forgotten to tell anybody the rules. They just went, oh, sorry, it's not an elimination match. It's actually the first Paul wins, which means none of it makes any sense because some teams tag in other people, other teams. So you're like, why would you do that? If it's not elimination, you have to have the first ball. Sometimes wrestling is dumb. Anyway, it just ends after poor Rob Conway not only gets hit by a kick courtesy of Booker T, but then RVD comes off the top ropes and gives him the five-star frog splash. And it's fine, but did it feel like a match that could have just been on Raw? Yes, it did. Down. We then go back to the coach who is still searching for the dead man when he finds Mean Gene Oakland and Bobby the Brain Heenan in some kind of a cupboard kissing. Or they have like, you know, lipstick prints all over their face. And at first you're meant to think they've been kissing each other before it's been revealed that instead they have been kissing Mae Young and the fabulous Moolah. And I've thought about this now for days and I have no idea who this is for. Things then got going properly because it was Christian versus Chris Jericho. And this is actually quite infamous nowadays because it did end with a turn courtesy of Trish Stratus. I tell you what, it's still good right now. Up. And really it's just two good wrestlers doing two good wrestling things, but it's kind of surreal because if I had transported myself back 16 years ago and gone, oh, in future, these two are going to be in a company called AEW, somebody would have punched you right in the face and like, what the hell is AEW? Don't come into my house with your voodoo. And yes, at one point, Chris Jericho slipped on the ropes, but I'm sick and tired of having to mention these every time I watch wrestling. Do you understand they're human beings? And do you understand that sometimes human beings make mistakes? They're not aliens. They were born just like the rest of us. I don't want to talk about it anymore, but if I don't, everyone goes, oh, I can't believe you didn't mention this. I also have no idea who I'm mad at or who I'm yelling at. I just needed to get it off my chest. Anyway, after Christian hit this awesome DDT for a near two count, out does come Trish Stratus. And of course, up to this point, the story has been, oh my gosh, Chris Jericho and Trish Stratus, they're going to go on a date and they're going to be lovers. Whereas Christian was like, I don't appreciate this. I think it's disgusting. Because he does get involved, though, Trish accidentally hits Chris Jericho with a right elbow. And that allows Christian to hit... The most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up, and he gets the one, two, three, and honestly, this little rat bastard, he couldn't have been happier with himself, but there's more. Because as Trish Trash is trying to calm Jericho down, all of a sudden she adopts this, oh, I'm only kidding, I'm a heel now expression, and she slaps the absolute ship out of him because, yes, she is screwing over Chris Jericho. She instead wants to go out with Christian. They make out at the top of the rampway. And while this sounds like trash soap opera stuff, I tell you, they really do pull it off. Christian also hits the unprettier onto Y2J just to add insult to injury. And you could do an angle like this today and it would get over like Rover. And look, the fact I still speak about it and I still remember it in its glory... This could be one of the better things on the show. Mick Foley and The Rock promo follows, but if you had told me this was just a guy that looked like The Rock doing a good impersonation of The Rock, I would have believed you, because he still has the same energy, but there's just something missing, and it certainly doesn't help that he turns to Lillian Garcia and from nowhere goes, oh man, don't touch my penis. And you're like, Rock, nobody was insinuating that. I think we better move on. You then get what I'm sure WWE had pegged as a WrestleMania moment, and it is pretty damn good because it is the Rock and Sock connection taking on evolution, which consists of Ric Flair, Batista and Randy Orton 
This is just so damn easy to watch and it's good enough. This was also going to be one of the last appearances we would have by the Great One for ages because he was going to go off to Hollywood and make a massive success of himself. But because WWE was a little bit irked by this, when his contract did come due, which by the way, never forget The Rock did want to come to some kind of new agreement, so he would come back here and there, they just went, <laughs> he'll fail on the big screen, and then he'll have to come back to sports entertainment, and it's like, good work guys, didn't that work out well? The People's Champion is also just having the time of his life here, because he is in the ring with Ric Flair, and he just mimics the Nature Boy as much as he can, and even Mick Foley goes old school, because he does his diving elbow off the apron, I don't understand how his hips could take it in 2004, but the man is brilliant but also insane. A very inexperienced Batista is also fascinating to watch because you can see the gears turning in his head and this just comes together because of course it is underpinned thanks to the feud between Mick Foley and Randy Orton. Otherwise it's blatantly obvious that we just put this together so The Rock could be on the show but that's what makes the finish even more appealing because just as Foley is going to go for Wrestler Sarko, Randy Orton hits the arc out of nowhere and he pins him. One, two, three. It's like, screw you people in the crowd that wanted to cheer. I'm a bad guy and I just won. It kind of didn't matter because all the crowd wanted to do was see the likes of The Rock and they got that. But this helped people like Randy on no end because he did get a visual pinfall over someone that everybody considered a star. This really is very well done. I enjoyed it much. Hall of Fame time next. And by WrestleMania 20, we had reached that point when we wheeled them all out the night afterwards to that music that goes and for some reason it just makes you feel good about life and from that we went right into some leftovers from the attitude era oh boy but yes it was Tori Wilson and Sable taking on Stacey Keebler and Miss Jackie in a Playboy evening gown dress match. Now, originally, the rules were meant to be, oh, you've got to go rip each other's clothes off. But they all decide before the match, hey, why don't we strip down to our underwear right now and just do a normal match? And as ever, I looked around and I thought to myself, I hope nobody comes in and sees what I'm watching right now because, my word, I would be embarrassed. And I know, I know, Simon, you're forgetting about the horny teenage boys. I haven't forgotten about the horny teenage boys. I just don't think about horny teenage boys because that would make me an absolute psychopath. I don't come into my house with this crap. That's just what we were doing with women's wrestling in 2004. Do you not think we could have trained women to be good wrestlers in 2004? Do you not think there were good women's wrestlers out there in 2004? Of course they were. This is transparent as my bald head. That doesn't even make any sense, but it's getting it down. Wilson also gets the win after using the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment on Jackie. I'm not going to lie, that did make me laugh. But then she sits there afterwards and just spanks her ass. And all my humour just fell out of my body. There's also a tease afterwards that maybe Jackie and Stacey Keebler are going to break up as a team. And I was like, oh no, please don't do this. However will I cope? We then cut from this to some absolutely amazing Vox Pops from the fans. And you know how these go. Somebody shoves a microphone into a fan's face. They just go, I can't believe I'm here at WrestleMania. I don't know what to do in front of the camera, so I'm going to talk really fast. And then the alternative is, yeah, I'm really happy to be here at WrestleMania. I want to see what's going to go on. There's no in between. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. We also see Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit in the back and in a shocking twist, Eddie Guerrero says, I don't think you can win the match later, Chris. And then he gets super mad. But of course, it's Guerrero just trying to G up his friend. This stuff isn't as fun to watch as it once was. I had totally forgotten about what came next, though, because we did have this crazy cruiserweight gauntlet match, and nobody ever talks about it. Now, originally it was meant to be a battle royal, and for some reason it was changed at the last moment, but I'm really happy we did do this. This is like entertainment in a can. I mean, it is just a bunch of 60-second matches, but it's so quick it kind of comes across like a great change of pace. And the first match is Shannon Moore versus Ultimo Dragon, and that's great because if you're into your wrestling history, you know that Dragon always wanted a match at WrestleMania, which is why it's quite sad he gets in the ring and then kind of falls over a lot. But hey, as we've already mentioned, sometimes stuff just happens. He does get the win here though and he's super duper excited before Jamie Noble is the next entrant in. And then Jamie Noble just won. Jamie then sees Funaki diving off the top rope, so hits the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment and beats Funaki in like 10 seconds. And that irked me because Funaki is the best announcer in SmackDown history. And then of all the people, Nunzio is in here. And clearly Jamie Noble is worried about him because he does this crazy dive to the outside and almost lands right on his head. It does mean Zio can't beat the count, so he's out of here. And then in comes Billy Kidman. Now we just talked about people landing on their head. And around about this time, Billy Kidman had decided, well, I'm just gonna do these crazy shooting star presses and nobody knows where I'm going to land. Although about 87% of the time, it's probably gonna be on my noggin and my word. The one he lands here, I thought it was gonna die. I guess he managed to break Noble during that as well because he gets him back in the ring, hits a second rope powerbomb and gets the one, two, three. But then he's absolutely screwed because Rey Mysterio is next. 
He beats Billy Kidman, then Tajiri's in here and he beats him too. Because as we've said time and time again here on Retro Ups and Downs, Rey Mysterio, I mean, we know he's one of the best ever, but he's better than you think he is. You can go to any point in time, like the last 30 years, and Rey Mysterio will be having one badass match. The only problem here was Tajiri wasn't very happy that he did lose, so the Budsaw boots Rey Mysterio right in the head. So when Chavo Guerrero gets in there, it's kind of easy pickings. And of course, he wins with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. Although he gets help from his dad, who just holds his hands. And I'm sorry, anytime a wrestler does that, well, it's really, really dumb. So look, this was all over the place, but we got people on the card and I did have a good time. I've been to weddings where I've had worse times and that doesn't even make any sense. And I don't know what my point is. I suppose what I mean by that is when you go to weddings, you expect you're going to have a good time. But half the time you just stood around going, well, I'm at a wedding now. What the hell am I meant to do? I suppose I'd rather watch a cruiserweight 10 man gauntlet. I don't know how we got here. I can't even remember if I gave it an up or down, so I'm gonna give it an up. And good thing this was all right too, because what followed next was the disasters of all disasters. And I'm gonna assume that most people know the story, but just in case you don't, even though on paper, Bill Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar was a match that got you all excited down in your toes. Unfortunately, as already discussed, Brock Lesnar was leaving the company, but so was Goldberg, and everybody in New York City on this night knew about it, so decided, we're not gonna care about the fact you're gonna have a predetermined fight, and instead, we are going to boo the shit out of you. I do have to say it's one of the reasons why I have respected Brock so much over the years. Even though people were chanting, you sold out of him, he'd actually turned down millions upon millions of dollars because because he wasn't happy within himself. And as someone that likes to see themselves as a mental health advocate, we should all do that if we can, if you have the situation to do so anyway, because yeah, why the hell wouldn't you want to be happy? Now, thankfully, Stone Cold Steve Austin is the special guest referee here, because if he wasn't, this would have been even worse than it already is. And I still get the question today, why did Bill Goldberg leave after just a year? Well, I'll tell you why. Maybe it's because within that 12-month period, they've gone, well, Bill, we need to give you some personality. And WWE's idea of personality was to put a gold wig on his head. Now, put your hands up if that's what you want to see from Goldberg. Oh, but the hand goes down. I just want to see him beat people up. The reason it absolutely falls through the floor is that you can see Lesnar is truly upset about this, whereas Goldberg is just laughing it off. And yes, Brock was meant to win this, but I suppose Vince McMahon was more upset that the Beast was leaving. So Goldberg gives him the spear, Goldberg gives him the jackhammer. One, two, three, then Austin stuns everybody and the fans lose their minds. So once again, the rattlesnake, the savior of the day. The whole thing is a massive disappointment though, which is why I was so glad over a decade later in 2016, they got to do it properly, because my word, that was good. But look, this doesn't just get a down, it gets a brown down. It's actually uncomfortable to watch. Because again, this is not how sports entertainment is meant to work. Vince McMahon then just arrives in front of the live fans straight away after this. I don't know if it was planned or if everyone in the back had gone, oh no, we have pissed this crowd off something fierce. We got to do something. Send out Vince. And he's all like, oh man, it all begins again. I'm Vince McMahon. I created WrestleMania. Everybody loves me. But it's like Pavlovian conditioning. Even though so many people on the internet moan, as soon as they hear no chance, everybody goes crazy. And that's exactly what happened here. And nobody ever remembers what comes afterwards because we were so focused on this train wreck. But it is SmackDown Tag Team Champions, Rikishi and Scotty Too Hotty, taking on the APA, taking on Benjamin and Haas, and taking on the Bashams. What kind of universe are we living in? It also means that we took the Raw Tag Team title match and just replicate it for the SmackDown Tag Team title match. 
what does that sound like? <laughs> That's right, Raw in 2021, so don't you try and pretend it's anything new. They don't really have any time to do anything as well because it clocks out at six minutes, which means there's more people in the match than the amount of time they actually have. And never forget, of course, at some point through this, Rikishi gives somebody a stink face. And in kayfabe, when he was coming up through the ranks, he had gone, what would be a good way to beat my opponent? Well, you know what, well, I do have a really big ass. Maybe I could put them in the corner and then just stick my rectum into their skull and that may work. These are things that went through the character of Rikishi's head. I don't know about you, but it kind of makes him a psychopath. It was a classic WWE finish too because we wanted to protect Bradshaw, who's like halfway between the APA and becoming JBL. So after he has hit the clothesline from hell onto Danny Basham, Rikishi takes him out, but instead of pin him, he just walks over to Dan, sits on his face again, and he gets the one, two, three. And look, it really is fine. And it's nice that Rikishi and Scotty Too High retained their titles and then did the dance but there's just nothing to take away from it. Down. A Jesse Ventura skip was next, as he had gone into the Hall of Fame 24 hours beforehand, so why not try to pad out WrestleMania 20, which is already over four hours long? But given what has happened over the last few years, watching this now will totally blow your mind. Because do you know who he chats to here? None other than the future president of the United States of America, Donald Trump. Now, as always, when Donald Trump does turn up on a WWE show, he has no idea what's going on. But Jesse says, I think we should put a wrestler in the White House. Hey, Don, would you support me if I ran for it? And he says, yes. I'm like, I can't handle this. This is so, so weird and makes me think not only is wrestling predetermined, so so let's just move on really quickly, especially because WrestleMania 20 is when Molly Holly stood up and said, oh man, I want to be counted and agreed to have her head shaved bald. And do I know a thing about that? Up. But she did agree to have a hair versus hair stipulation match against the champion of Victoria. And the only thing that winds me up here is that it only goes five minutes. You were about to take the hair off of somebody's head. Surely you could have come up with a bit more time in order to increase this significance. But we don't do that. And of course it ends with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. This is meant to be WrestleMania. Molly legs it afterwards, which is always funny because what's she going to do? Run for her entire life. And the way we get her in the barber's chair is by knocking her out. Also, I was chuckling my ass off here because every time you do have your hair removed in wrestling, there has to be a barber with a barber's chair. Why? Somebody tell me there's no answer. Also, even though the WWE had hired a hairdresser for evening, it's still Victoria that does the cuttings, and none of this makes any sense. And I hope this doesn't sound too weird, but you know, I went and looked at it afterwards and I reminded myself, Molly Holly really can pull off a bald head. I mean, that's hard for men to do. It's even harder for women to do, but she really does. She absolutely smashed it. And next up, we just have greatness. Kurt Angle versus Eddie Guerrero for the WWE title. If you have never seen this match, you are insulting yourself. Go change it now. Up. They get loads of time too, which makes it better still. And I'll never be able to get my head around the two people can be this good at wrestling because the pace of the thing, the slow start, the transitions, the reversals, it is just like watching chemistry being created in front of your eyes. And it's like the Shawshank Redemption. As soon as you finished it, you think, well, maybe I'm gonna go back to the start and watch it again. And you'd see things you never saw first time round. There's also this great bit when Eddie is going for the three amigos. And on the last one, Kurt Angle turns it into an ankle lock. But never forget, this is also home of one of the best wrestling finishes ever. And ridiculously too, it all comes down to Eddie's boot 
because of course it does. But given the angle had worked away on Eddie's foot for such a long period of time, he loosens his shoe because like, oh no, the pressure, the pressure. So when Angle locks it in again, you're like, well, he's screwed. There's no way Eddie Guerrero is going to be able to retain his title now. But because his boot is loose, he uses that to slip out of the damn thing. And this, oh my gosh, this is where we should have waited before we use the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. Because Eddie does hit the surprise roll up and he gets the one, two, three. But it is so well executed, I swear, it's just on another level. So it's so damn good and it's so well put together. And the speed that Guerrero is able to apply it, I think actually when I'm done here, I am going to go watch it again. That's how much fun I had. And then we jump from this to full-on sports entertainment. And you know what? That's fine. Because after years of being the American badass, The Undertaker was going back to being the phenom. And I'm massively biased towards this because this was always my Undertaker, whatever that means. And back in 2004, I was fine with all the stupidness between The Undertaker and Kane. In fact, I was like, you know what? The more dumb, the better. And the match is fine too, but none of this is about the match. All people wanted to see was a chokeslam. They got it. They wanted to see a tombstone. They got it. And the big red machine is kind of just there. But aura, atmosphere, energy, sometimes that's enough when it comes to the wrestling and I'm giving it up. Two people who definitely wouldn't have given it up though were these druids I just mentioned because if you don't know they had these big sticks of fire and by accident they set themselves aflame. Now thankfully they were fine which is the only reason I say this but it does mean in kayfabe anyone that was in the arena you would have seen these people just go ah ah and obviously being terrified which makes no sense because they were meant to be druids. Life is just a crazy ride. Which did bring us to our main event, as I've talked about many a time here on Retro Ups and Downs. When we are talking about Chris Benoit matches in 2021, well, I just find it very difficult. And I know everybody has their opinions on this, but again, I've gone into it in way too much detail already. But even though this was one of the most legendary moments in WWE history when Benoit finally won the big gold belt, well, it was just kind of lost on me for everything I just said. Moving that to one side, though, for the purposes of this review, of course, Triple H versus Benoit versus HBK is a terrific main event WrestleMania match, even more so because it was a triple threat. Usually when you add an extra person into the mix, you're like, oh, man, well, now this is going to be a disaster. So we have three egos to handle, but they craft this so well. It really is pretty damn good, and it's getting it up. Maybe more importantly, too, WWE understood what every single person in Madison Square got and what every single person watching on pay-per-view wanted, which was for our babyface to get his first WWE World title win. But deep down in your tum-tum, you were still like, well, I don't think they're going to do it. They don't really like Chris Benoit. So when he did get the victory, it did exactly what WrestleMania should do, and it sent you home happy. All the bells and whistles have been saved for this as well, so you get weapons and tables and blood. And even watching it now, 20 years later, when Benoit does have the crossface on Triple H, he takes so long to tap out, you go, well, he's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. Triple H never taps out to anybody. He's going to win. He's going to retain his title. Then I'm going to be mad. But then he does. And it is pretty damn satisfying. It also means that not only do we have a brand new champion, but we have a champion who was never meant to be champion. And of course, there was this rhetoric in 2004, all that Triple H and his reign of terror. Well, that whole thing had just died. Seeing Eddie Guerrero come out afterwards with his world title to celebrate with his friend will wreck you now in a very different way. But look, in terms of the presentation here, WWE absolutely did everything right. And given sometimes we don't give them their due, where the credit is deserved, you gotta send it their way. 
that's why I just did it. Which brings us to the part of Retro Ups and Downs where we do give you a second opinion, courtesy of Dave Meltzer and his Wrestling Observer star rating. Cena versus Show got one and a quarter stars. The Raw Tag Team title match got one and a half stars. Christian versus Jericho got three and a half stars. That match with The Rock got three and three quarter stars. Oh, we're going up. The Playboy Evening Gown match got a quarter star. The Cruiserweight match got two and a half stars. Goldberg versus Lesnar got one and a quarter. Don't know where he got that from. SmackDown tag titles one and one quarter. Molly versus Victoria one star. Not fair given Molly's head. Eddie versus Kurt four stars. Taker versus Kane one and quarter stars. And Triple H versus HBK versus Benoit wins the night with four and three quarter stars. And yes, there is some nonsense on this WrestleMania that doesn't feel like WrestleMania at all, but given both our world title matches and some other fun skits, I think overall WrestleMania 20 deserves an up. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend that I don't right (laughs) now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.